flavorsradio.com the number one radio station on the net reaching 179 countries in the world with the best Yo, variety of music all flavors radio don't touch that dial They said I couldn't. They said I wouldn't. They said they didn't believe in me. They said I couldn't because of my circumstances. I couldn't because of my past. Because it hadn't been done before. I said, so what? You can complain and remain the same, or you can decide, commit, and work towards becoming someone that no one thought you could be. You can make all the excuses in the world. We've heard them all. But those that get on in life, leave the excuses and look for the possibilities. You might have had it tough. You might have had it real tough, but it ain't getting any better if you live there. You have to drop the little story and work towards your masterpiece. You see it so often. Stories of those with almost identical painful life circumstances. One chooses to live in the pain forever, repeating the reasons why they can't succeed, why they can't move on. The other uses the pain as their reason why they must change. They use their pain as strength. They use the people who don't believe in them as motivation to succeed, not a reason why they can't. When things don't go their way, they don't say, why me? They say, so what? They say, try me. When things don't go their way, they keep moving forward. Your family isn't perfect. So what? You failed in your past. So what? You didn't get to go to college. So what? You don't know where to start. So what? Someone did wrong by you. So what? Most people seem to think that life is against them somehow. Very few understand life is challenging. That is all. I accept life's challenge. I plan to work on myself so I can win. Not just one day, but every day. So what they don't believe in you? You don't need them to believe in you. They're not doing the work, you are. They're not growing and learning, you are. They're not committed to your dream, you are. They're not in love with your vision, you are. They don't define your success, you do. They don't decide if you will put in the work required to make it, you do. Nobody gets a perfect life. Every one of us face different challenges. That is life. You're not punishing anyone but yourself with your excuses. You're holding yourself back, no one else. You choose. Be the victim or the victor. You choose to be the one who gave up because of their problems or the one who succeeded despite their challenges. You choose. Successful people don't always feel like it. They do it anyway. Take the first step. Get some momentum. Don't ever stop working for your dream. If you really want it, you will plan for it. If you really want it, 
You will work for it. If you really want it, you will sacrifice for it. So what life hasn't gone as planned? It doesn't for anyone. All the pain that's in the past. Do you want to drag it into your future too? You have that choice. You can remain the victim and live in the pain for the rest of your days. Or you can drop it like a hot potato and move on with your life. Leave the pain behind and focus on building your future full of possibilities, full of growth. Push yourself. Surprise yourself. See how far you can go with your life. Brothers and sisters, I want to welcome you back to life, back to the one that can make your next chapter your best chapter, hallelujah. How can it be? I really mean it this time. I don't wanna love nobody but you. Jesus. I don't wanna love. 
Flavors Land, how are you all doing out there? I am Wimbo77. And I am Naturally Lily. How are you all doing, world? How are you doing, chatroom crew? How are you doing, tuning crew? How are you doing, WhatsApp crew? And how are you doing, worldwide crew? As well as all of you silent listeners out there. It is the 11th of January. 2022 got that right 222 and we are here on allflavorsradio.com how are you all doing naturally lily how are you doing i'm all right a bit tired yeah I, a bit yeah. drained i hear you same 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 but we can't the show still has to go on isn't it yes and it must go on it must go on and we've got to made a few little changes here and there as regards to our schedules but should we speak on the um on the questions and the scenario that we have today so audience question for today is do you think working from home benefits workers yes and so that's something to consider and the scenario is your sibling comes to stay with you for a couple of weeks and now they will not leave <gasps> what is your next move <laughs> that's a bit of a conundrum isn't it uh, your, your sibling comes to stay and they don't leave we'll discuss that a little bit later on yeah and see what conclusions we come to as well as our comments from our facebook uh participants and um yeah the first one what is it like to be working from home now we we know that we've heard lots of talks on new variants and all this whole COVID situation going on. But there's a vast majority of people that are working from home. Yes. So how are they faring? And is it something good for them? Or is it something not so good for them? We're going to look at that this evening as well. So naturally, Lily, our first uh, scenario, or should we say new section of the show is what? Fun fact. Fun facts. I don't know if this is a fun fact, but it's a oh, fact. Yeah, facts, yeah. <laughs> the world wastes about one billion metric tons of food each year. Mm, that's a lot of food. That's a lot of food. A billion metric tons of food. Do you know what that shows me though? No. There is no need for starvation, no. poverty. Well, we know that already, don't we? But but as we've spoken of um previously. Shops like uh, big supermarket brands, 
generally they don't give the food away at the end of the day they'll mm. put it all in a dumpster pour bleach all over it so no one will have the food yeah and that is and places like greg's sure so maybe i shouldn't um say names no, on go the on, station. Let's name and shame. Name and shame. um they uh again throw away a lot of produce Lots, of, a lot of companies do it. A lot of these major supermarket brands will rather throw the food in the bin and destroy it than give it to people that are needy for it. And soup kitchens are struggling. Soup kitchens. Because soup kitchens get a lot of their mon- their food based off of donations, don't they? Okay. So if you're not donating, they don't have enough food to go around. They've mm. got to make it stretch. Yeah. Um. And the fact that corporations and businesses are throwing food away. In fact, how much do we just say? One, one billion. billion metric tons. So let's let's look at this a bit further and see what this actually means. So it says how big? About nine hundred thirty-one million metric tons is the exact amount. So that's just under one billion. Mm. Um, researchers with the United Nations estimate. Um, that was the amount that was wasted in 2019, according to the, to the food waste the food waste index report in 2021, um, which surveyed 54 countries, finding that the majority of food of wasted food, 61% to be precise, wow. comes from homes, while restaurants and other food services produce 26% of wasted food. Grocery stores made up just 13% of food waste. Mm. Um, it says if you need to pick me up read through 50 feel good facts guaranteed to make you smile so okay so when we're looking at those figures so the majority the 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 highest highest port of waste is actually the the home Mm. it seems because it's 61 percent it said there that waste comes from homes yeah so when we do our shopping do we plan out our shopping? Do we do we buy stuff and then ends up in the bin. it ends up in the bin? You know, how how is it that sixty one percent of homes waste food? Yeah, we were just talking about food kitchens and all that stuff. Why would it be so that you know sixty one percent? So I of understand homes... this. This is when you cook a big meal for a whole family mm. and half of the food on your plate doesn't get eaten. Okay. And I think there's two ways that could be avoided. And that's one is portion sizes. Um, give a smaller portion. And if there's food left in the at the end, freeze it. Okay, yeah, that works. Because I found in our household, there was a there was a time where we were wasting a lot of food like a lot of food was getting left on the plate and it's going straight into the bin Mm. um whereas now we cook a certain amount of food a certain amount goes on the plate and especially for the baby was over put over filling her plate Mm. so now we put about half on the plate and then if she asks for more then they get a little bit more but it's best to put less so you can top it up as opposed to too much what's too you know when I say your eyes too big for your belly yeah put just a bit less and then if they want more get more because I found that's why we was wasting food and that now that's I understand that 61% and also when you're buying things and then you you buy it with a point of eating it mm. and then it remains in the other like I bought I bought something at the start end and 
if I wasn't conscientious enough to season it and cook it, that would have gone in the bin. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I bought some duck. I've never cooked duck before, really. <laughs> and I thought, oh, let me try my hand at duck. Uh, it was lovely, by the way. It's really nice. And I got up conscientiously, put it, seasoned it up and cooked it. Whereas that could have stayed in that the fridge for however long. And then it would have ended up going in the bin. It was it was a rash buy. Oh, okay. So sometimes I don't know if you rash buy food, because we can do that, right? Yeah. And um, that's the food that generally will end up in the bin. See, I'm the opposite. If I rash buy, I'm eating it on the day. Okay. So like there will be days where I really would fancy a steak yeah. and I will go see steak, buy it. But I will go home and either cook it on that day or yeah. the next day. But you said that you fancy it. Whereas this was something I've never bought before. Uh, and it's just that it was in Tesco's or a shop saw like that. It. I saw it. I thought, oh, that looks interesting. It was The price was only a few quid. And I picked it up. And I didn't cook it until... I think I bought it around the Thursday or Wednesday okay. and didn't cook it until Sunday. Oh, wow. You see? So that's going well behind. And, mm. and, it, and it was also in the reduce section. So, again, when you buy stuff from the reduce section... That might be a, a situation where, oh, let me just buy it and try it. Yeah. And we don't get round to doing it. See, I never... I think because I shop in Aldi mostly... Yeah. They don't really have much reduced. No, they don't. They don't. You know, On like Tesco, they've definitely got a couple of aisles where there's, you know, the bakery aisle, there's reduced. Yeah. The refrigeration aisle, there's reduced and um, things like that. I don't ever see anything reduced in Aldi. On occasion, I have seen it. Really? What, yeah, yeah, but it's it's it dependent on what it is. Because I love a bargain, guys. This listeners, it, the bargains are great, right? But it's a matter of using up the bargains when we see them. Otherwise, definitely they do go to waste. And and we are talking about how the world wastes about one billion metric tons of food each year and that's a lot of food especially when there's so much starvation in the world it is and funny and not funny enough but another fact about this is that food um waste also has a negative impact Mm. environmentally socially and economically so it says there's an estimate of eight to ten percent of the global greenhouse gas emissions are associated with food that is not consumed so we talk about global warming one of the contributing factors to this is food waste Uh, It says reducing food waste at retail food service and household level can provide multifaceted benefits for both people and the planet. So it's not just it's the planet that people is that that can be impacted by Mm. our over consumption of food. But this is also a lack of knowledge, isn't it? Mm. If you don't know. How can you make the change? Did, if if I didn't know that the food that I waste is going towards creating greenhouse gases, you more than likely aren't going to be as frugal and as conscientious about the food that you waste at home. But then that's you in the sense of being mindful of the planet. What about all the people that aren't? But that's what I'm saying. If you're not yeah. educated and you don't understand how it's contributing, yeah, then you can't really make the change, can you? Because you don't actually know that you need to mm, so how much food do you waste do you waste any food listeners or do you do as Lily said there that you reach a certain amount you realize you can't eat it so you'll freeze it see i've done that 
Lily, I have cooked maybe soup or something mm. and seen that it's not been used, so I will freeze it. Yeah. But then I have a husband who wants fresh food and yeah. won't eat the frozen food, you see? He won't so eat it it's, still... it's frozen. He won't eat <laughs> <laughs> He knows it's frozen. I'll take it out and that will still end up being defrosted and going to waste do you know what though yeah and this is one thing i love so daddy needs to get used to it because <laughs> i meal prepped on saturday for the week so okay. i made my lunches for the week mm. i made the girls dinners for the week well for the couple of days and then i made mine and Duane's dinner for the it's the same meal yeah. inevitably but packaged up in accordance to mm. what it was for and Obviously, the girls ate their dinner before they came home yesterday. And we took out our dinner to have. And we just had to make, like, spaghetti to go with, yeah. with the mince or whatever. And it was really nice. It was like, oh, this is so easy. It's like a ready-made meal, but it's a home-cooked meal because yes. I've physically put the ingredients in there myself. I've cooked it. I've frozen it myself. And I literally, after a long day at work, you don't want to be standing up there cooking a big, big meal. Mm, mm. But we had the benefits of that last night. It was great. And isn't that lovely? So... Again, so it seems that it's forethought, yeah, and foresight. Like so, instead of wastage, that we will plan. Yeah. And you know, sometimes a lot of people don't have, or we do have the time to plan, but it's taking that time out. Yeah, because we are all afforded the same amount of hours within the day, twenty-four hours. Each and every individual on this whole planet Earth has the same amount of time to put in the work, whether they want to or not. Right? Yeah. But you also have to enjoy it a little bit as well, though. Of course. I really like cooking, but if yeah. I didn't, I don't think I'd want to be standing the up there meal prepping for the week. Yeah, yeah. I know mum, that she does a lot. I know over the holidays that she meal prepped. Yeah. And then took everything out when yeah. everyone came along. And um, we it's all about eating enough and not overeating, well, mm. you know. And then eating, because my, my thing is I have to eat everything that's on my plate so then yes. I'll dish up half. That's like me. I'll dish half, and if I want more, I'll get go and get more, and that's that. That's a way of not wasting. Do you know what that is well. though? What? That's also a childhood trauma. What do you mean childhood trauma? So when you're a child, you're yeah. told, well, most children are told this: you can't have no dessert until you finish your food, or you okay. can't get off the di- off the dinner table until you finish all your food off your plate. Right. So you not finishing your food on your plate there is something associated, a negative aspect associated with that. So when you grow into adulthood, yeah, you're always going to feel like, oh no, there's food on my plate. I have to finish it. Mm. And that was me. That was, I was like that. Oh, I had no. to. Is that what we used to do to no, you? No, you did. I'm just saying, <laughs> well, adults do it. They say you need to finish the food on your plate. If you don't finish your food mm. on your plate, you don't get an ice cream, you know? So I've always been that person. If there's food on my plate, I hate to leave food on yeah. my plate yeah and i have I'm, I'm quite proud to say that i've gone from having about 10 spoonfuls of rice to about two. um what 10 spoonfuls of the big spoon or the little spoon, the spoon. oh lily that's too I much too too much so we're talking about rice. how we uh we waste food or how the world wastes food it's about one billion metric tons of food each year and ways in which we can Obviously, wastage causes a negative impact on on people as well as the planet, and how we can reduce food va- food waste, 
at a retail food service and household level. So how can we do that, Lily? Reducing food waste. Um, I don't know. Yes, it's a true scale of food waste and its impacts have been well understood until now. So as such, the opportunity provides by food waste reduction have remained largely untapped and underexploited. If we want to get serious about tackling food waste, we need to increase efforts to measure food and inedible parts wasted at retail and consumer level and track waste or sorry, track food waste generation in kilograms per capita at country level. So they're saying that that we have to what we what we should do is look at each country, Mm. see the amount of food wastage there is, Mm. and then we we need to make efforts to measure the food, okay, and really level it out. So it's not really anything that any one person can do. It has mm. to be more of a global, global or, thing. Or a county by county, country by country kind of thing. Yeah. In that sense. And this is only with reliable data we're going to be able to track progress of sustainable de- development, um, which aims at halving per capita global food waste at the retail and consumer level. So it's, it's really how much you go into the supermarket and buy and you know sometimes the the these supermarkets what they do they won't throw the, throw the food away what they'll do is they'll rejig it so they'll add extra food coloring in oh my goodness they'll add uh certain things within it glue it up make it look fresh when it's actually not that fresh yes Lily. i saw something just yesterday yeah and i've seen this as well so you know ginger Ooh. What colour does it look like when it's gone off? It just goes all wrinkly, doesn't it? Okay. This person bought a packet of ginger and when they opened the ginger inside, it was blue, like a bluish green tinge. But when he looked back on the packet, the packet says something like, it's got a sticker on it. Yeah. And it says something like ginger, um, it's got similar taste, but it's a new version of whatever and he goes they've literally put this on here as an afterthought this isn't what it's supposed to look like but they've got this sticker Mm. that could go on any packaging and have stuck it on as an afterthought to get the person to buy the packet of ginger only to go home and be like nah so I ain't eating no blue ginger (laughs) and it's true what they do like meat you know the seasoned meat that you see in the packets yeah um they usually put that on the older meat because they want to hide That's the bruises. Right. Yeah. Oh my god. The seasoned meat is definitely to hide the smell and that ha- of how old it is. It's funny because my friend's mum washes the seasoning off. <laughs> of the meat. So what's the point of buying seasoned meat you're gonna wash it off? <laughs> you know, so it's it's a matter of again, we're talking about when it comes to consumerism. And it says that there at the top there that 13% of food waste is comes from the grocery store. So the grocery store are the ones that are buying in the food that need to sell the food. Mm. So of course they are going to find or try to find ways in which to sell the food on, make it look fresh, make it look okay that we will go in and buy it. But these yeah. are also the places that won't sell you a crooked looking carrot. I know, what craziness is because that? Because it's I, not aesthetically pleasing. I, but it's aesthetically pleasing to me. But then I'm an organic. I buy organic food. Yeah. Uh, how, what does it matter? Uh, carrot does not come out the ground 
looking all pretty, pretty, does it? Well, some of them do. And those are the ones that make it to the shelf. And what about the Unless ones that you, don't? So some places specifically sell as is. So how it come out comes out of the floor yeah. is how they sell it. Right. So that but they will be your organic stores and your health food shops and things like that. Um the more up upscale, high priced places yeah. will be those places that sell those kind of things. The thing is, should they? Because well yeah, not at a higher price naturally, I don't think. Naturally looking and you know what you're buying mm. as opposed to I was buying cheap carrots and literally they were like rubber I was like they were bendy when you shook them when they got old it was really weird yeah. whereas the organic ones they're totally different they yeah. de- they decompose differently I've done my little I'm a little scientist at heart like I told you the oh, other day goodness. Lily and I've done my little experiments I'm like no so I just don't like how long they I know things are supposed to last in the fridge but I don't like how long they last yeah. in the fridge. Because I feel like before when I used to buy veg, after a week or so, it's, it's, it's by its time now. Yeah. But there's been things that I've like, oh, we thought this a while ago. And it still looks fresh. That's I won't, scary, I won't it? eat it. I still won't eat it yeah. after that period of time. Because I'm like, you've done something to this for it to still be in its fresh state. I don't know. What are your thoughts out there, listeners? How do you feel about waste and um, food consumption, should we say? It says there that the world wastes about one billion metric tons of food each year. Are we the culprits of wasting that food? Or are we quite savvy when it comes to not wasting food as much as uh, those statistics tell us? All right, so think about that. Let us know. Join us in the chat room and we'll see y'all in five. Stay there. We'll be back after these. Well, we work so hard. What's up? Time to celebrate. Celebrate. Let all voices ring. The bounty is great. Celebrate in excellence, diligence, competence. Who is for integrity, responsibility, accountability? Play the music. Bounty time. Bounty time. Bounty on me mind. Bounty time. Bounty for the line. Bounty time. Make me feel the For the best deals on entertainment services? Well, look no further. Contact Exclusive for all your professional entertainment services such as karaoke events, DJ and sound system services, audio ads and jingles, music on CDs and USB sticks. Get your personal mixtapes, graphic designs, also radio promotions and more. That's right. Contact Exclusive at 758-520-2517 for your first class services. Satisfaction guaranteed. Rock and groove to American R&B artist Kenya Morris as she gives you a wicked reggae track, Unforgettable, on one of the most unforgettable reggae beats. Kenya Morris, truly unforgettable. Get it on iTunes. Check her on YouTube. Or do the IG thing. If you knew the love I have for you, Kenya Morris, unforgettable. Unforgettable. 
Ultra near you. Hey yo, this is Eminem. This your boy Kanye West. What's up? What's up? This Jay Z. Hottest news. The hottest DJ. At All Flavors Radio. Big shout out to the chat room. How are you all doing out there? George Flavors. Sound Malaysia. How are your holidays? How are you doing, John Ken? Mark Philogy from Bremen. You can catch Mark on a Monday and a Sunday. From 6 till 8 pm. And shouting out Norbert from Castries. And some great stuff last night, LJ Original. You can catch LJ from 10 till 12. As well as DJ Slim, some good stuff yesterday. And big up Mark Philogene, and you too. And how you doing, Joy McKay? Guest 2110. From Kleiner Glassenbrook. Yes, 700. Numbers the sounds there of Jennifer Hudson. No one's gonna love you. We keep 
tonight. And we're on the side of the ladies. Here we go, Erica. High five to John John. Ray Chanel. Marjak and Anisha. Tai Tai. Duane. Janae and Jayla. Right, happy anniversary to Marjak and Anisha on this 11th of January 2022. Thanks for that, Joy McKay. of Erika Badu there and the one before that was Jennifer Hudson with No One's Gonna Love You 
and Erika sang there just now with Didn't You Know? Didn't You Know? Lily? <laughs> I love that track. I do you like that song? That track is actually in my Top 10? Top 10, but workout regime because I can just run with really? that, that nice beat going on there in the background. Oh, you know? it's too slow for me to run to. So, yeah, it's too slow. No, because you've got to get in that rhythm and it's just that, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yes, I know what I'm talking about, beautiful people. Okay. Mm -hmm. Our next point of call is history, in um, in our history. And sadly, we lost a great last week. We did. Didn't we? We did. At 94 years of age, we had... um, one of the greats passing, Mr. Sydney Sydney Poitier. Yes, and we spoke about Sydney last year, didn't we? Most probably. We did remember. <laughs> Sorry, my memory so He was bad. an ambassador of Bermuda, was it? No, Japan. No. Yes. Japan. Sydney Poitier. Oh, wow. Yeah, we. Uh, well, unless I've, I've got it wrong and, and I'm just not remembering right, but... Yeah, he was an ambassador. Why would it be Japan? And the, the Bahamas deputy prime minister, prime minister, he said he was um, conflicted with great sadness and a sense of celebration because he was also an ambas- ambassador in the Bahamas as well. Mm. Do you remember that? No. You don't remember? I can barely remember what I did this morning. Oh, I hear Because I'm that tired. But he he had many achievements in life. And we have said um, we are seeing a great one pass. Absolutely. But someone who paved the way for many others. So his life, as much as it is sad, is actually a a celebration of achievement as well. Yeah, because it was a... bit of footage that I saw it was a film I can't remember the film it would probably be in here where he was the first black man to slap a white dude on screen <laughs> on screen because he was a detective wow. I can't remember the name of the film and the guy was he went and he questioned the fellow mm. and the fellow was like do you know who you're talking to kind of thing and then he he asked him a question and he slapped him the white fellow slapped him and then he slapped him right back and then he said to the policeman well, what are you going to do about that and the policeman says, well, well, I don't know. And then he says, years ago, I could have had you shot. Oh, my day. But Sydney set the standard there. He set the precedent wow. there. Of which times were changing, mm. segregation was changing. And you can't tell me, a black detective, what to do and get in the, in the way of my line of inquiry. Mm. And that's what Sydney was doing at that time. So he was a groundbreaking actor, wasn't he? Goodness, he was in the South <coughs> um, in scenes where he was kissing his white co-star. Yeah, he, he broke a lot of those barriers down, didn't he? He did break a lot of those barriers down. Oh, it was censored. Sorry, it was censored in the South. <laughs> so basically he was kissing his white counterpart on um, in a film and they took that part of the film out down South so yeah. people didn't see it. Well, it it didn't stop a lot of people because, again, I guess we say that love is love, isn't it? Mm. And regardless of how man tries to stop us from doing certain things, 
there's always going to be someone out there that is going to fight and advocate for the other side. Yeah. In that sense. So regardless of how many barriers that people try and put up mm. there will be all that always be those other ones that are trying to break down those barriers at the same time yeah and i think that sydney potier did that didn't he as they said we've lost an icon a hero mentor a fighter mm. a national treasure potier's family released a statement saying to us sydney potier was not only a brilliant actor activist and a man incredible of incredible grace and morale, fortitude, he was also a devoted and loving husband, a supportive and adoring father, and a man who always put his family first. So so many have been touched by our dad's extraordinary life, his unwavering sense of decency and respect for his fellow man. Wow. What a beautiful tri- tribute. We spoke mm. about that before, didn't we? Yeah. About the, the, the legacy that we leave for our families. And he definitely left a legacy, didn't he? Definitely. Yeah. I, I don't know, I can't say he will be missed because he will be remembered. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, there's a difference of being missed and being missed, but your legacy has lived on. Like there's, you're always going to associate, you know, the innovators. Mm. He's always going to come in that group, isn't it? As one of the innovators in, in the um, film industry and in Hollywood, he set a standard yeah that anyone that comes thereafter now he's going to be remembered well he said he was a pioneering black presence in mainstream hollywood cinema mm. and right from the start he really was wasn't he 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 was a pioneer in the fact of seeing a black person on the screen and i think he was one of the first oscar winners as well wasn't he yeah um, when it comes to being a star in hollywood and that he was but then I guess through a lot of his films, he was an advocate Yeah, for breaking down boundaries as well, breaking barriers, mm. as we just spoke on. And you see, he set the path for people like Denzel Washington. Ooh. So he was the first person to win an Oscar. Denzel Washington being the second black actor to win the best actor Oscar. Mm. And Denzel said, it was a privilege to call Sidney Poitier my friend. He was a gentleman and opened doors for all of us that had been closed for mm. years. God blessed him and his God bless him and his family. Yeah. So yeah. he he really did start something amazing. Yes, as well as actor Tyler Perry, he wrote the grace and class that this man has shown throughout his entire life. The example he set for me, not only as a black man, but as a human being, will mm. never be forgotten. So we know Tyler Perry, he's come up as a great director. And did you know that Sidney Poitier directed Stir Crazy? I don't know what Stir Crazy is. Oh, Stir Crazy, Lily, come on, you've got to watch that I'm film. I'm sorry, I don't know what film you that is. I might it. know the film, but I don't, I don't know its name. So it's got Gene Wilder in it and Richard Pryor. And they're two guys, just regular guys, that fall, fall down on their luck. And they decide to go and drive to Los Angeles. Okay. To be... One's a screenwriter and the other's an actor. And so they choose to drive to Los Angeles. Anyway, they get stuck or, or they get a job in a town mm-hmm. just outside of Los Angeles as two <coughs> birds that are singing in a bank. But then there's two bank robbers that take their suits, put their suits on 
and the rest is history. They get sent to prison. Oh no! And it's just the most hilarious. Daddy and I watched it. The again fact the other that day. you said Gene Wilder and um, Richard, Pryor. Richard Pryor already, I know it's funny. Yeah. I anything with the two of them in it, <laughs> I watch it. You got to watch it. I watch it. If you get a chance to watch uh, Stir Crazy, if you have Netflix or anything like that, it is one of the greatest films of all time and definitely is in my top five because we watched it the other day and, again, we were just both in fits of laughter. It's so funny. funny. And Sidney Poitier was the director of that film. Wow. He, amazing guy. Amazing. And all these tributes came in, you know, Viola Davis, Oprah Winfrey, mm. all these guys had nothing but good words to say about Sydney because he was a great man. Yeah. So he secured his first significant role in a film in the 1950s, Film Noir, No, no Way Out, in which he played a hospital doctor whose racist patient, played by Richard Widmark, I've never heard of him before, starts a race riot with its covert depiction of racial conflict no Way Out was considered too controversial to be shown in southern states. Again, southern states. They, they censored that again. <laughs> but established Poitier's trademark persons as sensitive, forbearing figure, more intelligent than the white characters around him. And he was extremely intelligent. You could see that by the way his presence was there mm. on the, the stage. I mean, have you seen any Sydney Poitier films? <laughs> Lily's shaking her head, beautiful people. Do you know what, though? I say no. I may yeah. have. Yeah. But I can't remember. Okay. Because I don't really watch... I know they're mostly not black and white, but I don't watch a lot of the old movies. Every now and again, I'll get mm. caught up in, like, an old school What's the oldest movie. film you've watched, Lily? Oh, I don't know what they're called. I, don't, I wouldn't know its name. Okay. Not oh. even an Alvish Hitchcock or anyone like that? I've, Alfred Hitchcock did horror movies. Not just horror, he done thriller and suspense. I might have seen... The Birds? Did they not show you that in school? No, we watched Harry Potter. Harry Potter in school? Well, I didn't watch Harry Potter because you didn't let me watch Harry <laughs> Potter. But that's what they showed us in school. <laughs> what did we watch in school? We didn't really watch movies. Oh, we watched Disney. You watched Roots, right? Oh gosh, yeah, we watched Roots for Black Roots. History Month. We watched Roots, and that's then crazy, um, that's the worst thing to show these young Gen Zs and Millennials like Roots oh, because they're gonna they've really... remade it. It's not good, uh, but that's I what I'm saying. Like Gen Zs and and, and whatever they've re- gonna remade of all the things to remake. Why would you remake Roots? No idea. Because no I'm idea. also that person that I don't enjoy watching things like Twelve Years a Slave and. Do you know the book was better? The book was actually better because there's a lot of things that cut out. So beautiful people always read the book first, the book, and then watch the film. And then you can make your comparisons and say, oh, they left this bit out or Mm. whatever. Because the book was, I think they got the book downstairs, 12 Years a Slave. But still, we, we know that that's not our history. That's the history that they've kind of giving us to us given us to us um sense but we know that we don't follow that mm. we know that we were greater than that and we've covered kings and queens in the past such as Masu, Musa Masa Musa Masa, Musa Masa yeah. yeah and various other ones and we're looking at a great pioneer here Sidney Potier 
and his most one of his most memorable roles was to serve with love i don't suppose you've seen that one it had lulu these you do you are reeling off these names and no yeah that was one that was done in the uk really really good and to serve with love was when he went into a school Mm -hmm. and it was again all white students black teacher comes along Mm -hmm. but they thoroughly fell in love with him because he had a great work practice within the school he helped them out he really connected with his students Mm. and thus they come out there was the worst school in the class but worst class in the school should i say and they came out on top having him as their teacher yeah, so that was one of his really memorable roles, To Serve With Love. And then obviously he done other other roles thereafter. He won his Oscar for the earnest drama, Lilies in the Field. I've heard oh, of that yeah. drama. I haven't seen it. The Handyman. I think I've seen snippets of this film, yeah. but I haven't actually watched it from beginning to end. That's one that we covered last year. That's the one when he was a handyman for an, a, a nun. convent. Yeah. And he went in and he helped them out. And mm. then the last scene is of him leaving and driving off into the sunset, but they're really happy that he came mm. and he helped them. So, you know, so who guess who's coming to get dinner is actually another great film you know, an iconic film for back in the day. So his his career spanned decades. Yeah. Really. When we look at it like ninety seven is here. And I can't tell you the last time that we saw Sidney Potier in the front on screen. However, with he's been behind the screen as a director. Yeah. As we stated, and it, it, a most memorable moment for Sidney Poitier was when he accepted the 2002 honorary Oscar, okay, um, video. So he was married twice to Juanita Hardy between 1950 and 1965, with whom he had four children, and subsequently to Joanna Shimkus in 1976, with whom he had a further two children. How did you just say Miss Hardy's name? Miss Hardy? Juanita. Okay. Is it not Juanita? It is because you said Juanita. <laughs> I <believe> Juanita. <laughs> Juanita. So that's Sidney Potier. May his soul rest in peace. Yes. He has left a legacy for so many up and coming. Again, we when we think about it, the trials and tribulations that a lot of these pioneers that went before us had to go through Mm. and now we have everything on tap we literally can be our own kind of studio if we wanted to yeah producing our own films and all that stuff we have every single platform to go upon but these people they had to they had to fight to find their place in history and in society yeah do you say that lily yeah i agree i think um one thing I like about Sidney Poitier is he didn't, you know, I'm always talking about going off and doing your own thing. He mm. was an innovator. He stayed in, he was like, no, I want to be seen and I want to be seen in Hollywood. And he was seen in Hollywood and he was yeah. seen for decades and then spent a further few decades directing in the background. Mm. So he didn't just get in front of the camera. He helped others get in front of the camera as well and that's what is important the new generation that is coming up 
and when I talk about the new generation, I'm talking about people like John Boyega and people like that, they will see those examples and then they will be the next generation to bring, yeah. you know, bring others in. Mm. So um, I think it's amazing. And remember, we're in the UK and I don't know, there was one, was it Oswald Boateng? No, he was a, I think it's Oswald Boateng, a filmmaker that died last year as well. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on the name, um, beautiful people, because I can't, I can't say for sure. But he was a filmmaker, yeah. UK side. But how many black filmmakers or actors, you know, people that are innovative in this day and time are out there really stepping into the shoes of people like, Sydney Potier, mm. we have such a UK is so wide because it's minimal when it comes to black directors and artists. Mm. That are you stepping into those roles? Are are you looking to step into those kind of roles? Because there is a huge window there waiting for you. We need better films on Netflix in the sense of coming from the UK. There are the odd good ones here and there, but what about the young people coming up? Are you trying to make your mark when it comes to things such as filmmaking, directing and acting? There are quite a few black directors out there. You don't know the directors, though, because they're behind the scenes, isn't it? Yeah. Like the person that, um, was it Get Out? That was produced by a young black man. And I'm sure he's the one that ended up. No, he's not the one that ended up in Wakanda Forever. It's not called Wakanda Forever, is it? It's called... Black Panther. Black Panther, yeah. Um, but there are quite a few black directors out there that are producing things. Yeah. Um, but we just don't know about them because they're behind the scenes. So, yeah. So can you be the next up and coming mm. director or artist that's out there that's got a message to tell the world and do you know what? The funding is there as well. It's all there if you want it. It's just reaching out and grabbing it, right? So encourage our youngsters to step into the shoes of someone like Sidney Potier, yeah, of Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. of Oprah Winfrey, because the world is your oyster. And at the end of the day, we've got to take that opportunity when it comes, all right? So beautiful people, listeners, we'll see you all in five. Stay there. We'll be back after these. Well, we work so hard. Time to entertainment services well look no further contact exclusive for all your professional entertainment services such as karaoke events dj and sound system services audio ads and jingles music on cds and usb sticks get your personal mixtapes graphic designs also radio promotions and more that's right contact exclusive at 758-520-2517 for your first class services satisfaction guaranteed Rock and groove to American R&B artists. 
Kenya Morris as she gives you a wicked reggae track, Unforgettable, on one of the most unforgettable reggae Kenya Morris, truly unforgettable. Get it on iTunes. Check her on YouTube or do the IG thing. Kenya Morris, unforgettable. Listeners, guest seven hundred from Milton Keynes, guest sixty three from Guildford, guest one six zero. And how you doing, Pelly Hoxton from Winneresh? so much for that LJ original say the big high five to DJ Nigel 
Benjamin Lloyd, DJ Caddy, and John J.E. Sounds of Maxwell. Getting DJ Laro. Catch Laro from 8 till 10 tonight. With the vibe show. Nice and mellow and smooth tonight. With those sexy songs. Take it back. Just a few there, LJ Original. Sounds of Beyonce. Me, myself, and I.
Beyonce, me, myself, and I. And do you feel that way, Lily? What's that? Me, myself, and I. I'm no. going to be my own best friend. No. Why? But she seemed to have gone through a lot that in that that song, innit? Yeah, no. <laughs> it's not me, myself, and I. It's me, myself, my peoples. You gotta have a, a, a support, nice support network. network. Yeah, support system, innit? Yeah. And I totally agree with you. So, is it me, myself, and I? No. But it's a, a matter of just even like meeting the right people, isn't it? Yeah. Quite obviously, he was a bit of a rat. The guy well, that she's singing about. In did the song. this not come on the back of um, Miss Independent and to the left, to the left, everything? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> so was that didn't really that work. Was the album after. Maybe. I have no idea. I can't remember. Will they she still went... know that's Beyonce album? So that's her first album after coming out with the free, right? So I think in that album is in is um, 
I can't remember what the song is actually called. All the ladies independent, no. No, no, no. That was the Destiny Child album. Yeah. But the to the left, to the left, that was I think in that album. Okay, well there you go. She was she obviously was, going through some things, right? She heated up the man them. And I love do you know what? When you write songs, I don't know if you write poetry out there, if you write songs, if you're a writer in itself, that our experiences do spill over in our work, mm-hmm. in our creative creativity and the things that we're writing and sometimes it gives us insight into like how we're feeling at the time or how a friend a friend might be feeling or someone that we're associated with and we're able to pen that down and get those ideas and creative notions out on paper on paper and then look they it turns into a song so we don't know if she's talking about herself who knows what she's talking about did she even write the song oh did she lily i don't know Ooh, that's oh. a question did Beyonce write that, that song could someone check it out for us and let us know and don't forget the line's open 07895 in line to our questions of the day which are do you think working from home benefits workers and the scenario is your sibling comes to stay with you for a couple of weeks and now they will not leave what is your next move? So when it comes to working from home... Oh, no, no. We have one before that, don't we, Lily? What is the word of the day? The word of the day. What is the word of the day? The word of the day today is... Tom. Tom. It's not a name. It's T-O-H... No. <laughs> T-O-M-E. <laughs> Tom. Tom. Which... I've never heard this word before. No, neither did I when I saw it. Tome. And I don't think that we would use it in our everyday vocabulary, to be very fair. Because it is a large or scholarly book. Yeah, so a book with many sort of parts to it. So it might have a volume one, volume two. So I guess Lord of the Rings is a tome. Because it's got volumes. Because what they were saying is that it comes from the Greek word tomos meaning section or role of papyrus okay. and back in the day you remember you know those two roles that they used to roll out yeah and they'd read and this edict has come blah 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 yeah that they were too long the scrolls were too long so a tome is where they'd cut it down into sections into a section and that's basically what a toll means so it comes from the the greek word thomas meaning section or role and the greek is related to a verb Temnin to cut. So in ancient times, long scrolls of papyrus were divided into sections. When tome was first used in English, it referred to a book that was a part of a multi volume work or major part of a single volume book. Mm. So I guess, no, Harry Potter isn't because it's not volumes, is it? It's not one book. It's yeah, but of, it's a multi. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, so. But then I guess. I mean, I've never seen Harry Potter, but it could be part of a volume if one links to the next, yeah. to the next, to the next. Lord of the Rings, I guess, Lord would be Lord of the one. Rings, The Hobbit, I've started watching for some reason. The Hobbit, yeah. Any other tomes? Does anyone know of any? I, I, I guess Florence Chauvel Shin. What? Florence Chauvel Shin, she's a writer. Yeah. And she has a few volumes, like Your Word is Your Wand. Okay. Uh, and all of those are in a volume. Mum has those ones, actually. They're a whole sort of little library of mm. all of her books. I guess they could all be put together and they could be a tome. How about the 
lemony snickets. Yes, lemony snickets. Events. There you go, lemony snicket. Because there's about five. I think we have all of those ones. One, two, three, four. Yeah, five, five or six. Yeah, yeah. Fi- yeah, volumes. So it's anything, I guess. At Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah. Might be something like that, isn't it? A tome. So it's all to do with many parts, but all condensed into different volumes. So there you go. Build your vocabulary. Get a word of the day in your inbox every single day. And who knows, next week, clearly, we might even uh, frame a Swahili word or a Vietnamese word. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, yeah. who knows? We'll see. All right, we'll see. so we do like to cover our word of the day because we want to build on our vocabulary and we want our expressions to be expanded, right? So, why not? <gasps> Can I just yes, say, Lily. I use the word, uh-huh. oh, please let me remember it, <laughs> insinuate today in a sentence. At okay, work. Oh. the insinuation was. And then I continue my sentence. I was so proud of myself. There you go. So we we love doing these, the word of the day and fun facts and the national days because we don't know how these things kind of <coughs> are they apply to us. So it's always nice to, to do that. So in regards to our question, uh is it or do you think that working from home benefits workers? What do you think is the answer to that question, Lily? Or is there an answer to that question? I think it's double-sided. So being someone who has worked from home, Mm. in the occasion when I did work from home, I did see the benefits. Going back to normal, being in the office and being back at work, I, when I do have to work from home now, Mm. certain things have to be in play. So initially when I worked from home, it was me and the girls at home. Jay was still going to work. And... It was fine. It was a challenge, but I was okay with it because it was a situation that we had to be in. Mm. Now, if I have to work at home, they got to be at school. Okay. <laughs> because the distractions are too much. Yeah. I need to concentrate. And I don't know what the difference was between then and now. Maybe I was just so... Because I had to be in that environment, maybe I was ignoring them. I don't know how it was working. Um, but at that time it did work. Now I just can't. Yeah. I just can't. But I just think it has its benefits, but it does have its downside as well. Yeah, and, and advocates say that new laws to help remote workers don't go far enough. While unions fret, um, some workers will be left behind. Mm. So like legions of remote workers, Kisayas, um, Sandrine and Putu, has worked from her home since the pandemic pandemic struck in March 2020. This is a young lady that whose case study we're going to be looking at. So she's worked from her bedroom of her flat since the pandemic struck last year. And like, oh, well, no, it's about two years ago. We're going in two years now, yeah. uh, listeners. It says, like legions of crisis um, minted remote workers the world over. She says the arrangement has its pros and cons. She says she loves working remotely and she she don't think she'll ever be able to come back to a normal routine. So I guess going into work like five days a week and working in that situation. But she says she lists four items. She says an assistant manager of London based. She's an assistant manager of a London based company. 
and her offices, uh, office testaments to how personal and professional spaces can become quickly entangled by remote working. Now, she says she has a desk by her bedside uh, or her it's her what's it, bedside table. Yeah. And that turns into her office. So it's not that big. So that's the f- that's one of the first issues there, isn't it? See, some Not will see that, that as an space. issue. Some see will, will see that as a upside. Mm. Oh, I only need to roll out of bed to sit at my desk. So some people don't even sit at their desk. They just sit in their bed and work. Yeah. Um, Is that wise to do that, though? For some people it works, but when it comes to the health of that person, mm. if you are just restricted to be in your confined space, I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah, because she says that she sometimes spends a week by herself. Mm, so sometimes she she struggles with feelings of isolation from her colleagues. So it's all well and good seeing someone on the screen, mm. but that doesn't beat being in the same room as someone. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the first thing, isn't it? That isolation that someone might feel. And obviously being on that screen all day. Yeah, but you're you're on that screen all day when you're at work, so it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, but then you have company, so someone might come in and say, oh, you want a cup of tea? Or, yeah. you know, they, 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 there are upsides to that. So yeah. regardless if you're on your screen all day, at least there's that interaction mm. with fellow human beings. Mm. As opposed to being on your screen all day and there's no one offering you a cup of tea or there's no one asking, oh, how are you? Because, you know, when you join a meeting, no one's really in there conversing and saying, oh, how are you you doing? How's your start end? How was this? They're not in there for that. It's just for the meeting. Then, all right, bye bye. And then you click off and then you're in that kind of zone again, aren't you? I feel like remote working should be flexible. Mm. I think you should be able to say week one, I'm coming in Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Week two, I'm only going to be on on a Tuesday. Okay. I think that's what remote working should be. And I think everybody should have the opportunity to do that. Because everybody, regardless of what you do, whether you teach, whether you're a nurse, whether you're, um, you know, doctor, whatever, admin person, everybody at some point has an admin session that they Mm. need to do. And I think you should have the option to come into the office and do that admin or do it from home. Because doing it from home doesn't always mean you're sitting in your house doing it. I mean, you, if you really wanted interaction to be around people, you could go and sit in the library. That's true. Or there are now spaces that have been opened up that are now workspaces that you can go and sit in. So you might as well just go to work, work then. No, because you might not want to be around work people. Okay. So yeah. instead of you having to sit in your bedroom or sit in your front room, you can sit in a bit more of an open space. Yeah. Go for a walk in the city for lunch or whatever. And then go back. And then go back and finish your work or do a half day there and do a... Like, there are different options now where you don't really have to just sit in your house and work. I know you did try last year, Um, well, when we was really in the heart of the pandemic to... We walked during lunchtime yeah. and then sat in the park. Yeah. And then there was internet... Issues, Issues yeah. at that point in time... Also, working from home, I know, did you claim back your electricity and I didn't, gas? No, I didn't. So this is another thing, like, you're working from home, so the employer doesn't have to worry about things like such as electricity or your your 
utilities mm. but you're the one that has to because you're one you're at home more one you're not wasting as much food as we spoke about up there because you're eating more mm. at home but then you are burning your own utilities your own resources right yes but that being said mm. if you was going into work you wouldn't be using your utilities but you'd be paying for travel very true yeah so it's the offset okay I so understand. i guess in some ways it balances itself out because mm. the even as much as you do claim back your money from the government they're not yeah. giving you back the same money that you would be spending traveling they mm. give you a couple Friction. pounds do you know what i mean it's not like oh i spent an extra 200 pound on my light on my electric and they give you back that 200 pound no they give you like 40 it. 50 pound back yeah do you know what i mean so in one instance, yes, there is that facility there available, mm. but then you are thinking, okay, well, I have saved, like, some people are saving two, three hundred pounds a month from travel. Just travel, because travel is expensive, right? It's ridiculous. It is, yeah, it's 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 madness. The And the thing is, now, you know, you used to have the Oyster card, and it would deduct, so you do a certain amount of, of, trips mm. and then you get deduction mm. when it comes to it comes to um, a certain amount yeah so mm. if it turns into a day pass so so you've done six journeys on an oyster card it would cap it so that you could still continue using your card yeah was now people are tapping in aren't they on their credit cards or on their i just see today yeah um that they are implementing a weekly cap okay but how do they do that because you will, I don't know. Yeah, because how the, if you're tapping in on your um, card, your bank card or a credit card or whatever you're tapping in with, how do you, how do they cap that? As opposed to the Oyster card, it was easier, wasn't it? I'm sure there's a way they can cap it. Yeah. If you spend over, because it's there registering that card okay maybe i don't know right but i did see it today that there is going to be like a weekly weekly or monthly spend cap yeah maybe it is just an ice card and i didn't read it properly but i don't know so these are things to take into consideration so we've looked at the workspace uh, we've looked at um social interaction with your colleagues we've also looked at the cost mm. of working from home but what about the mental the mental kind of health around working from home there are pros and cons when we look at it right there is but this one here the right to disconnect yeah when you work at home that Mm. is one thing i found very challenging to do i was only working three days a week that's why my contracted hours were three days a week but i was doing a five-day working week yeah and it's because okay yeah we had covid19 so we had to support our apprentices throughout the whole working from home situation Mm. and both myself and my colleague that was working from home we both worked part-time um but we both found that we were working more like some days we starting at seven may take a break at three o'clock but you're logging back in again to do a few more bits you're not actually switching off i'm still on my laptop at nine o'clock at night and then on a Wednesday or a Thursday when I'm not actually supposed to be working, I'm replying to emails, I'm replying to messages, yeah. I'm replying to WhatsApps. So you don't actually get the opportunity to switch off. So how do you get that work-life balance? You're working from home, like you just said there. 
your part-time role turns into a full-time role because you're working from home mm. how do you get that work-life balance um I think you have to have the strength and confidence to say no I'm finished work's done yeah <laughs> Because that's one thing when you and we are a connected society. So our our emails tend to be on our phones Mm. and our tablets, as well as um, like, for example, my learners last year had my mobile number. Right. So they would message on WhatsApp. Whereas this time round, we use a different platform as a messaging service. They can still message us. But I only look at that group during working hours yeah i don't look at it when i'm not in my working hours so it's really a matter of knowing when to switch off yeah meaning yeah you're working from home and you do have a right to disconnect because your employer doesn't doesn't employ you to work your whole working your whole life 24 hours 24 7 and but it's us as humans obviously want to give our best when we, we are working for someone mm. and maybe that's the, the problem. I find I bring my work home. Yeah. That's the sad thing is that when you're working from home, you are bringing your work home. Yeah. So it's the know, the know-how on when and how to switch off. Yeah. You know. I also found, though, I was putting in more work at home than I was doing <laughs> At work, you know, like when you're in the office, like you were saying earlier, your friends mm. will chat to you, have a cup of tea and whatever, and you've got the traffic that comes in and out of the office. In a say six work six hour working day, because you don't your hour like well seven hour working day. Yeah, we may sit at our desk during our lunch break, so we do end up working through our lunch. But during that day, you'd get up, you go for a cup of tea, mm. you'd go and get something to eat, and you get distracted by others in the office. Whereas I remember the first month of working at home, from the moment I opened my laptop until it was time for me to end, I felt like I had to sit there and look at the screen and do whatever work was there. And one day, I I don't know what happened. I was like, hold on, I don't even put this much in when I'm at work, like our office is like a train station. We've yeah. got people coming in and out every five minutes. We start to have a conversation. We go and make cup because I wasn't even making myself tea and coffee. You're just working straight I was through. Working straight through. And you said something earlier because I know you don't start work till like quarter to eight, nine. Quarter o'clock. to nine. But you said you were opening your laptop at seven o'clock in the morning. Seven in the morning I was starting. But it See? was because, so my ideals were, if I start early, mm. I can finish early. I still be on call until the end of day. Yeah. But effectively, I don't have to sit on my laptop after two thirty, three o'clock and I can spend that time with the girls because around that time is when you want to be doing like we'll go for a walk we'll go to the park by the time we get there they can play or whatever so that was the concept i had in my mind if i start early then i can finish this side early yeah i was still working but what was the reality exactly i was still still working working till five five because i was still being available for phone calls Mm. um we were having meetings at like four o'clock so even though I was effectively switching off at two o'clock you or three o'clock, I wasn't. I was working 10, 12 hour exactly. shifts. Exactly. But you weren't getting 10, 12 hour shift money. No, I got, I asked to get paid an extra. This is the funny <laughs> thing as well. I asked to get an extra day, just one day, because I was working three days. I said, can I get that? I think it was a Thursday mm. because I need to be available 
and my colleague was um we were both working part-time but she was pregnant so I had to be available whatever Mm. and I remember saying to my manager can I get they had originally agreed for me to get a paid on the extra day and after two weeks of me working from home the com- the response was, what exactly are you doing? See, and that's and a- I was like, you've just made me do two weeks of Thursdays for free. Yeah, Fine. that's the next issue, isn't it? That your workload and your employer trusting that you are fulfilling the workload. But it's funny because work- it wasn't until we it. got back. Yeah. After six or nine months of them looking at the system that we had developed because we created an online system. Mm. Someone made us say, oh, well, you you have been busy, haven't you? And I was like, what do you think we was doing while yeah, I was at home? Exactly. We wasn't sitting around doing nothing. Yeah, just watching Netflix all day in your pyjamas and eating popcorn. Come no. on. I was getting dressed for work. I was getting, and I wasn't that person that was sitting in my bed on my laptop. Yeah. I was getting ready. I had to get up, get my laptop, log in, get myself dressed. I was finishing at lunch to make lunch. Mm. But... I would be doing that at work anyway. I'd be going to the microwave to warm up my lunch. I was finishing to make my lunch. And then I was going right back to my laptop. Yeah. And this is what, when you don't have the greatest manager, you don't get that support. They just assume that you're not doing anything. And that's the downside to working from home. See, yeah, yeah. Because no one can physically see you working at a desk. And that's it's so funny. They, they could give you this story. There was a, a guy, I saw it on something, I can't remember what, what it was, and the, the fellow, their son was coming in and saying, Daddy, Daddy. And he says, Son, no, I'm in a meeting. You've got to go. You've got to, to go outside. So he, he says, Listen, let me go get up and close the door. So when he got up, he had his boxer shorts on, <laughs> blue boxer shorts on. And then he realised, because obviously he's on the camera. Yeah. So he's like, Oh, guys I'm really sorry you know and then his boss got up and he says don't worry I've got to go and close my door off He's got and he had well. boxer shorts on as well so he reassured nice. him in that sense but yeah. that was that was a, a, that's just like a bit of a funny snippet but mm. I, I guess it can be really pressurized when you are working from home yeah. and we've got to take into to consideration obviously our environment making sure we're having regular breaks um, if we are working from home and really calling in and giving a maybe a checklist to our bosses, right? This is exactly I've done yeah. this, this and this. So that they're aware that we are working and that we're not here having a free ride and just obviously meeting quotas and stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, yeah, working from home, it's lovely. Yeah, but we are missing out on a lot of other things, you know, so to, social interaction, yeah. all those kind of things that add to us going into the office. But I think that they can switch it like half-half. Yeah, flexibility. Work, yeah, being a bit flexible, working from home, going into the office so that everyone's getting that work-life balance and it is actually working out for each individual. You do have to really put your foot down as well. I remember there was one point in the whole working from home saga where they wanted us to do... Um, webinars mm. and it was hard enough trying to teach apprentices that knew us yeah with children and whatever illnesses we may have and have them screaming in the background and that at that point we was like no yeah because you can't deliver to professionals that don't really know you very well and have a little child screaming in the yeah. background so you do have to you have to put your foot down at some point <laughs> and just Boundaries, say it's not happening people. 
boundaries and setting those boundaries and sticking to them. So we're going to give you five and then we'll come back with our scenario. Uh, Your sibling comes to stay for two weeks and then thereafter they won't leave. What do you do? We'll see y'all in five. one going out to Debbie and Trey and John John with those happy days in Spain huh Please give me me 
of Rihanna there, Ram Papa pa, Man Down, Man Down. I love that song. I think that's one of her, she's all right, you know, Rihanna. What do you think, Lily? I do like Rihanna. I don't think she's the greatest singer. Right. But? I think she's really improved over the years because yeah. when she first came out, oh, we well, loved her music, but she couldn't hold a note. I think she's, but she's really improved. She's the first billionaireist now she as well. She's such a successful woman. And uh, some of the statements and comments that she comes out with, I'm just like, yes, Rihanna, yes. She knows, doesn't she? She knows. And a lot of these guys, again, they have not earned their money through music production, but they've earned it through their side hustles, mm. um, which are ex- um, streams of income. Yeah. You know, what do, what do we call them? Side hustles. Side hustles. Oh, well, hers isn't really um, passive what? income. Passive income. That's the, that's the word I was looking for. It, well, it kind of is passive income because she's got yeah. a brand now, isn't she? She's a clothing brand, a makeup brand, mm. and it's making her a nice, nice income. Yes, and her money's working for her instead of her working for her money, having to go on stage because a lot of musicians, when COVID struck, yeah, that was it. They had no gigs booked. They had no merch to move. Mm. They were stuck. But when, you know, you've got to think further than just being there on stage singing and trying to find another way in order All eventualities. to make your money work for you. So naturally, Lily, the scenario, hmm. your sibling comes to stay for a couple of weeks and then they won't leave. What do you do? What do you do in that situation? It depends on how big my house is. Okay. So if it's a space whereby you are really taking up space, like they're sleeping in the couch or something, which I don't know why I'd invite them to my house for two weeks and make them sleep on the couch. Um, They might just come for dinner um, over the holiday period. Yeah, but then they're not sleeping there for two weeks on the couch. You might have a fold-out bed or something. Oh, yeah. Okay, or your fine. couch might be one of those, what's it called? Uh, the futon. Yeah, it might be one that you can pull out bed. So if it, if that was the case, yeah, I think I would have to have a conversation with them mm. um, and lovingly kick them out. <laughs> How can you lovingly kick someone out, Lily? <laughs> lovingly Do they have a key to my house? Um, they might have taken your key and got it cut. Slyly. What if they took your key and took it and got it cut slyly? No, man. Come on. You're overstaying your welcome. I love you, but you're being ridiculous now. I'm going to ask you for rent. Yeah. I'm going to start asking you for rent. If you want to live here, the part in the couch, you can pee for the couch. Mm. And for the electric. What for the same sis? Sis, I ain't, got, I ain't got it. Then they can go and get a job. Or I pay them to clean and then I'll take it back in rent. What, for cleaning? Yeah. Okay. So I pay them to clean the house, and then I take back that money. Oh, this is what I've paid you. I'm going to take 75% for rent. Yeah, but then they're still earning money. 
That's from fine. Kitchen. They can still earn money. They can still earn money because they're cleaning my house, isn't it? Okay. So, so you've given them a task. So I'd give them a task, but we're a bit confined for space. So you're gonna have to get out eventually. Do you know what mm. I mean? So I may, if they didn't have nowhere to go to, I wouldn't. I don't know why. Where was you before the two weeks? But mm. okay, if they didn't have anywhere to go to, I think I'd most probably support them to get their place. Yeah. If I had the space, I would still be questioning why are you still here. I love you, but why are you here? Mm. But I don't think I'd be that much. I don't Concerned. think I'd be that bothered if they weren't causing any problems and they were literally just overstaying their welcome in the guest room. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a guest room, isn't it? It's there for someone to be sleeping in it. I mean, how do they get to the the point? Like you said, you got to question the reasons as to why. Yeah, they would want to not why have pick they up and go sleep? nowhere. Yeah, maybe they just love enough the food. They know some No, but there must be a reason why they're still they just won't leave. I don't know. What are your thoughts out there, listeners? Give us a call, O seven eight nine five one three four seven seven one three. Given the fact that we literally only have about fifteen minutes left. Oh my goodness. I know. The the time has gone very, very quick. So what are your thoughts when it comes to your sibling coming and staying for a couple of weeks but then they won't leave? you know after that time did you invite them to stay come and stay with me for a couple of weeks some people don't have the concept of what a couple means i know it means two but some people can't count (laughs) so what's a couple of weeks might turn into a month turn into two months then come on did they get the concept? Was it a couple of months that you invited? But they might be it, like, you know? oh, but sis, she said I could stay for a couple of weeks. But no, but on a in my place for... For too long, you've overstayed, on? you're welcome. Like, we the, have to have a conversation. Why are you still here? What comes, what, what, what brings them to the point of having to overstay? And True Love says in Facebook, let them know the holiday is over. <laughs> and they get it, get it to go. They gotta go. Simples, the gather go. But they're your family, though. Like you, obviously are that. You're obviously close to them enough to make them come and stay at your house. Yeah. Because I am that person. I you can't stay with me if I'm not feeling you like that. Like I don't care who you are, if family or not family. Mm. If I'm not feeling you like that, and I don't love you like that, you're not staying in my house even for twenty four hours. So then they wouldn't have come and stayed for two weeks anyway. Exactly. So they, I I don't know, I wouldn't just kick them out. No, Lorraine Rogers says, give them a time limit or double the rent. But she's assuming they're paying rent already. I don't think they're paying rent, love. But you just said there that you'd you'd give them a, a job, a cleaning job or something. But what if they weren't even doing the cleaning job that you give them? Then they don't get paid. Oh, but then they're still in the house. <laughs> it's a crazy scenario, isn't it? I don't know. Like, yeah, give them a cleaning job. You come home and, and they've added to, like, the extra dishes in the sink. They've not cooked. They've not cleaned. They're not cleaned after themselves. It's like... But then I yeah. that's when I would become that person that I would cook, but I wouldn't leave you no food. Yeah, but, but then you're coming home and then they're, they've just left the house in, like, a, a mad mess. Maybe they might not. They might be clean freak and really, you know... Where? No, I'm talking about sat down oh. there on your couch, your pull-out bed, and around them is a world of chaos in your living room. Oh, days. 
and they just aren't going they're not even bathing you just don't know the situation then they're depressed right if them not beard mm. and they're dirty and they're just sitting in their swallow mm. is that what it is in their swallow squalor yeah squalor that's the one then they're depressed. Yeah. So then we need to find out what is going on. Like, Back. you seem like you're not in the right space. Yeah. What Tell, tell me what's going on. Mm. And then you have to work out a plan. And Lorraine says that we never know. And you are right. It depends upon the circumstances. Yeah. So, you know, we, we don't know what... We should know if they've been there for two weeks and we've been spending time with them, that they may be going through something. Yeah. That because on then that means on our part that we've not done our job to see that their mental health and well being is in no, the right no, place. No, 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 because you invited them to your house for a reason. Yeah, over the holidays, so yeah, Christmas holidays you don't or Easter to stay or. Stay at your house on the holidays. Of course you do. People come and stay. Family come and stay during the holidays. No, family come over for dinner, then they go home. <laughs> in your in your respect, but a lot of families they'll they'll have people travelling in stay for the holidays now it's the end of the holidays and that person that is not moving <laughs> do you get me like what you do I understand why they're staying so Chris Richard said we, they should set up a direct debit and but she, that's with the assumption that they was paying rent in the beginning you told them to come and stay for a couple that, of weeks that's them being funny Alicia oh sorry <laughs> that's them people being funny saying you know, because it comes to a point where, yeah, like you said, you either work for your stay. Yeah. If you have the space, you work for your stay or you pay rent or you leave. Yeah. Because you can't keep, be keeping that person, regardless of their circumstances. That's if they have told you their circumstances. Yeah, because it's come out of the confines of them just coming to stay for a couple of weeks and and to catch up. Yeah. As opposed to now... They've thought, oh, well, I'm not going to go anywhere. But how do you it come to that conclusion after a couple of weeks of sleeping on my couch? Because they came there with that intention. Lord. And you had no idea about it. You know Possibly. what? I think you would know from the size of the suitcase they turn up with. Yeah. If they turn up with an overnight bag, mm. then they was not intending on staying on your, on your couch for two weeks. If they come with the African auntie suitcase then from day one you got to be questioning what's happening yeah. and the fact that you're laughing you know what I'm talking about when I say African auntie suitcase the big one that you send back home to go get a shiver that's what she's coming to stay at your house with nah mate you gotta wow. go no there's no there's no holiday dinner today come hey. tomorrow and lock the doors Chanel Taylor says personally if we have a good bond I'd be humble and as helpful as I can be if I have the space to accommodate because you never know when the tables could turn mm-hmm. and you may be the one that needs to turn to them for the same help one day. And Very that is true. true. Very true. That is true. So it is vice versa. Mm. But then you've still got to get to the root of the issue mm. as to why they, why they don't want to leave. Maybe your company's so good. But, but everybody, know. as much even with family, everybody gets to the point where it's like, if they haven't got, especially if they haven't got the space, where you then start saying you've been here for a while now, or I've been here for a while now. Yeah. Is, I I've been in that situation where as much as you love that family member that you're living with, yeah, the space will get too small or the environment 
it's just not it just changes, environmenting. It? Not you environmentally friendly. Yeah. 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 Someone gets to the point where they just have enough and you, you've got to take your leave. Mm. Or you've got to tell them to take their leave. What What do you think, listeners, what do you think would be the best way to, to tackle this this subject and I mean like you said they might be depressed they mm. might be low they might need that just that reassurance and that space but if they've come with that intention and they can't go nowhere that means do they have a, an apartment or a place to go back to I mean it could this could go down so many different directions isn't it, it could, yeah. go, could go in so many different directions so do you know what the best thing is to do like you said they come they eat they and leave, they leave. You know, but then it's two in the morning, guys. Um, I'm gonna go to bed now. Do you wanna? Do you wanna? No, listen. To call your neighbor. We had a scenario once, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Go on. So this person, they didn't actually come and stay, but it was Daddy's and my anniversary. This this person, they'd come around every so often. We'd give them food. We'd they'd come and spend time. Anyway, so the kids were a lot younger. And um, so we fed the children and we gave him food as well. Um, but he wasn't getting the message. So when Daddy and I started cooking mm-hmm. and we cooked our food and we were like kissing her <laughs> <laughs> romantically in front of this person. Was it so your anniversary as well? You forgot to throw that in there. It was your anniversary. I, I said that. I said that. Oh, okay. And they wouldn't leave. They wouldn't leave to the point that I got so fed up and Daddy is as nice as he is. I ended up going up to my bed. Oh, no. And they still day stay downstairs. Because when we was doing all the cooking, they was just like reading the newspaper like, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. And it was just like, how do you tell this person? Guy, dude, your time's up. It's time to go. We're too polite, you know. <laughs> we are too polite. Because some people will just turn around and be like, Bob, it's your... Get out. <laughs> You're right. Your time's up now. Get out. You know. But we're too polite. Oh, Lily. We are too polite. Listen, I've just seen the time. I've what just seen the time. So, could you, what's in the book what today? What's in the book? The <laughs> but it's true. It says, to really know someone is to have loved and hated him in time. Oh, no. <laughs> I wouldn't go as far as saying you get to hate that person, but you can... The people that you love the most can really rub you up the wrong way. Yeah. And this sibling that has come to stay is... They need to be told. Rubbing me with sandpaper. They're still here. Why are you still here? In the front room, eating cheeses, cheese, Cheetos. Oh, dear. Getting orange fingers on my couch. Oh, just just their presence. You know, the presence of someone could be like, gnaw your spirit. Like, do you know? What you just said that. Do you know what I felt? You know that person that puts their nails on that finger. The blackboard. Oh, that's and you what just I see them, and it's just like you love them, but you hate them at the same time. Like, why? But then, like you said, sometimes we can be a bit too polite and not not say, "Dude, your time's up. Yeah. You got to go." Like, I love you, and at the end of the day, you know what? You're always going to be my brother. You're always going to be my sister. You're always going to be my cousin. Yeah. But you need, it's time to go. It's time to go back to your place. You don't have to go home. But you got to get the <laughs> 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 
listen. It's someone written has written in Facebook. Honesty is the best policy. Mm. If I said a couple of weeks and we're hitting the end of the second week and I'm not seeing you sort out yourself, I'm gonna be asking you a few questions, darling. Mm. Everything goes back to normal in a couple of days. I'm getting ready to go to work. You should be getting ready to go to work. What day you plan on leaving? Yes. And that's the point, isn't it? And we have sadly come to the end of the show. Come to the end of the evening. Don't forget you can catch Darnell the Therapist tomorrow evening from 9 to 11. As well as Charlie Muir from 7 until 9. And not to forget, check out the schedule for the week because we have a live DJ or two or three or four live DJs or even more live DJs going out every single day. And as well as if you'd like to join the team, check out the allflavorsradio.com website and leave a message and George will, I'm sure, will pick it up. So thank you listeners so much for tuning in. Thank you for your input. And yeah, I guess naturally, Lily, don't forget um, as well, Laro will be joining us from 8 till 10 tonight with the Vibe Show. So I guess all we got left to say is we'll see y'all on the, the other, other side. side. Take care, beautiful people. Joy and fall.